This is the Green Strength Podcast with Lucius Tyree IV, where the mission is building strength, enhancing performance, and uplifting consciousness. So tune in with the mind, body, and spirit, and let's get moving. What's going on with you today? Oh, running, just running around, running errands, doing the whole taking care of things in life, you know? Um, which I'm, I'm very good at like my balance of taking care of things. I push, I procrastinate everything (laughs) until I kind of put it all together and then I knock it all out. And then, uh, yeah, if I'm left with a timeline, like that's how I operate. If, If I'm not, if somebody else has guidelines for me, I'm really good. I get things done, but not if it's on my own, I'll, I'll procrastinate. So that uh, that kind of like balance of my awareness as to that and knowing what would be better would be starting to change that balance and maybe just not all do it in one time and start maybe doing it in, in two times, split it up or something. Um, but I, yeah. I struggle with that too. I, my tendency is definitely towards procrastination. I think a lot of people, it's probably pretty common, mm-hmm. pretty common until so like I, I don't know if I can like get started, if I can just start, then usually it will start to compound from there. Yeah. In fact, I saw something by James Clear, um, the other day and of course, right. I'm like, you're on this. Let's talk about atomic habits again. Yeah. Uh, but it was, from his like weekly newsletter, which is pretty great, by the way, um, his Thursday newsletter, but it was something like unfinished projects can't compound. Right. So, and like the whole idea is that like, if you're working on something, you've got a plan in place, you're starting a new business or you've got a project at work or whatever that that thing can't grow. It can't thrive. It can't compound until you actually finish it and work on it. Right. Right. Yeah. Now in atomic habits, is his kind of premise like to set, like draw out or create your habits that give you what you want? Yeah, sort of. It's, I mean, it really does go into kind of the science of habits in a lot of ways. And his whole thing is when he talks about atomic habits, he's thinking like the size of an atom, right? Small habits and the idea of, of, of taking what we know about habits, that habits require a cue, a craving, um, and I'm going to forget the four steps here, but the like response and the fulfillment of that thing or whatever. And so I'm, I'm not saying those correctly, but basically these four steps, you know, it takes it from what other people have already done on, mm-hmm. on habit research and like takes it to the next step to really give you techniques for establishing those habits and even just how to think about it. I think we talked about this, I don't know, it was last week or maybe a week before that, that the idea is not to have a habit or a, or a goal even that like, it's not that I want to run a marathon. Instead, you're changing it from being a outcome-based habit to an identity-based habit and sort of how you look at your life. So instead of saying, well, I want to run a marathon, it's instead, I'm the type of person who runs marathons. And you're like literally changing your identity and then doing the things that the person that has that identity does. So this is thought habit changing 
Absolutely. Yeah, at its deepest here. Absolutely. Yeah. It's changing. That's powerful, I yeah. guess. Yeah. To me, that's where I talk about like, chapter two talks about this whole identity-based habit creation. And like, it is to me one of the most powerful things that I've, I've read. Do you ever have that identity of like with, with jujitsu? Um, all right. Being a purple belt, I know other world-class purple belts and it's kind of like, okay, well that, that person's really determined to become like the greatest purple belt, brown belt, black belt they can be. Um, I'm not quite on that trajectory as far as like putting in my time and passion. Um, so then it's kind of like, that's my benchmark. That's what I, that I look at. But like a lot of times I wouldn't ever consider myself a jujitsu practitioner because we're around so many great jujitsu practitioners. It's like, yeah, I, I dabble in it, yeah. but I'm not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I kind of am, but, um, I guess changing your identity, like, no, I, I am a jujitsu practitioner. I've, you know, been around some of the greatest for over a decade. Now I train with some of the greatest in the world on a regular basis, you know, like, yeah, when you really paint it out that other way, it, um, it changes a lot. It does. And that helped me with, uh, as I continue to try to gain confidence in like competing and stuff. Yeah. One thing that, you know, professor Raphael talks about is what is your why? And so like the why behind your competing, right? Because it's nervous. You get nervous. It's, it's, a stressful experience creates anxiety, not just the day of and leading up to it, but in the days leading up to it and yeah. weeks and months, even it can create anxiety. And I always really struggled with answering that question of what is my why? It was almost like, like it's a great question. And I think that works really well for some people. I had trouble wrapping my head around it until I read atomic habits actually. And this concept of identity based habits because there was something in there that talked about, you know, when it started talking about adopting this identity is what kind of person do you want to be? And like that really, that concept helped me wrap my head around this question of what is my why? Why am I competing? Why am I even doing this? I couldn't, I couldn't quite come up with an answer to that. But when I look at it in terms of what kind of person do I want to be, part of that identity is I want to be a person who competes in jujitsu and does well and goes out there and gives it Test all himself. confidently. Yeah. And like, that is the why the why is the, it's the kind of person I want to be. And so right. it helped me answer that question. Um, and so that's the identity, right? Like maybe I'm not going to be the number one ranked, whatever. Yeah. Um, but you know, if I'm going to go out and compete a few times a year, I want, you know, I still want to have that identity. You had a hundred percent. That makes so much sense. I mean, like it, it, this is who I am. This is what this event is to me. Right. And, and not just like, Oh, I'm here to win. I want to win or I don't want to lose. It's like, no, no, no. Yeah. It's way deeper than that. And even when that identity is not true, right. If my identity is like, I want to be a great competitor. I want to go out, compete hard and not be my own worst enemy out there. Right. If yeah. I get beat by somebody better, great. And maybe today that identity isn't true, but it at least it gives you Okay, so then you've got that identity of who is this person, and then you can look at what does a person Just cascades, yeah, and what does a person who has that identity, what kind of things do they do, and that's how you start building your habits. So we can, and of course, that's where we have these amazing role models, right? Like yeah. Vaughn, for example, who we had on our second episode of the show, who's the number one ranked purple belt at his weight and age age bracket or yeah. top, top ten, where wherever he's ranked today. You know, we can see like, what do people like that? What habits do they have? And we yeah. can pattern ourselves after them. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's what we've talked about with reverse engineering. I exactly. Mean, just looking, uh, 
um, at who you want to become and what needs to, to be there. But the interesting thing with a lot of this is like, when I think about balance, I'm always thinking about, like, I'm looking at it, I'm trying to look at it from every possible thing. So like, we've got that CEO or a, the, the guy who strives to become successful, make a lot of money, has like, that's his identity of what he wants to accomplish. And there's that time in his life where he is just a go-getter and other things are sacrificed out. And you start to paint this picture and you look at the balance that, you know, he's created to, or he or she is created to, to get this outcome or to be where they are. And then, then in lies, like whatever sort of life questions could you throw at this person? Like maybe this person does want to lose 10 pounds, but also have a better relationship with their spouse. And it's like, man, there's, there's so much balance of time that has to change in order to make this successful. Now, where this is interesting to me is I, like whatever our field or our passion is, we understand and we can see that balance. But we can't, we're not good at all the other aspects, which is why all I'm trying to do is talk the balance and fitness. And it's common sense to me, but it's super hard to everybody else. But I suck at the balance of so many other things in my life right. that, I, that the principle is still the same. You know, and um, and I, I got thinking about that yesterday off of a nutrition question. You know, a buddy of mine were talking um, what he's been doing. And over the last 12 weeks, he's been dieting down. His wife is finally not. Um, they've had all their kids. And so it's like now it's her time to get back in shape and, and get life back for her. And um, so he's been doing something with her. You know, they've been following an app that, that counts your calories and does your macros and like gives you a, a number to go to go reach. So over the course of 12 weeks, he's dieted down and, and he was at a point. And he, so he, we were talking about it and he's at 2,000 calories now. So the first thing we're, that him and I were discussing is like, okay, you've got to be more calories. I want him at basically 2,500. So it's let's get back up to 2,500 calories for a couple of weeks and then we're kind of at that maintenance number. We're at that neutral balance phase where the fun in him, like that, the creativity, and what I mean by that is like if he's going to average 3,000 calories, let's say he wants to go up to 3,000 calories and he's going to average 3,000 calories for throughout the week, that's 21,000 calories um, over the course of seven days, right? Now the creativity can be, how does he want to undulate those calories? So if he's into fasting and wants to kind of, you know, try to eat on, uh, eat higher on, on days he's training, like there's so many variables that we can start to play, but the number is still the same. So the balance at the end of the week has to be met, but how we undulate that and play with that can change. Now, where that changes in, in health and fitness or like in, in nutrition is take a ketogenic. People are always talking about uh, ketogenic diets, right? So what happens in the balance of those 21,000 calories or those 3,000 calories a day? The balance is now the changed macronutrients, right? So we're at a much higher fat, moderate protein, and lower carb. 
but then we could easily play with more of a carb cycling approach, which is, you know, more of a, like on a higher, on a higher carb day, we're going to have a lower fat and around the same protein. Now on a moderate carb day, our fat comes up a tiny bit and our protein is still around the same. And then on a low carb day, fat goes up. So these, the number was still the same, but how we've balanced and played within the ratio of these macronutrients changes. So there's a form of balance in just changing your macronutrients. There's a form of balance changing in saying I could go 3000 calories every day or I could do, you know, days where I treat myself to more food and enjoy things. And that's where the if it fits your macros thing really kind of falls in. It's like, what if somebody really planned, you know, a splurge or an exciting event for themselves? And that's kind of like how that works. They say, hey, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I can I can play with the total amount of calories here. And then that gives me room um, later on. So when I was talking to him, it was kind of like he's starting to find that he works better with higher fat and not as many carbs. And I'm not saying a ketogenic diet by any means, but he is somebody like myself that's kind of that is in tune with with nutrition over time and has been lifting for a long time. And I realize now today that with as active as I am in the full-fledged training Brazilian jiu-jitsu and lifting and, and walking, getting all those steps in on the gym floor every day, I can still function plenty, about 250 grams of carbohydrates, about as high as I need to go to where I feel like I have complete energy, like glycogen, you know, restorage. Re um, I'm, I'm good. But I used to be under the, the notion that I needed 350, 500 grams, you know, um, but that's part of playing between these balances and becoming metabolically flexible, which is something um, that is that I think is the key for everybody to be able to get to. We have to be able to get to the ability to adapt between either carbohydrates and or fat. That is a, a that's a human adaptability trait that is, is needed for survival. And it's needed to thrive. And when, when our balance is out of whack and we're just all over with food or we get too hardcore, um, we kind of we definitely mess that reception up and that, that ability to shift from sugar or carbohydrates to fat as fuel. And um, very lean people and very in shape people usually have that ability a lot easier. So you know, that, yeah, that balance is, is difficult. And, um, you know, I certainly go through periods of doing better and doing worse lately. I feel like I'm doing great. Right. And it just sort of depends on where you're at in life, but there's also times where, you know, don't do so well on that balance, but maybe that's in within those seasons, that's balance between season and season of your life as well. Um, but interesting thing there, you talked about being metabolically, um, flexible. And this takes me back to, um, really actually reading Paul Check's book. Yeah. Um, and he talks about the primal pattern diet, but like you're talking about that people have different needs themselves, but that can also maybe be trained a little bit. 
you know, where he talks about this primal pattern diet, where depending on sort of where your ancestors come from may change how your macro makeup may be better suited to your body. Um, that, you know, you may have a different sort of carbohydrate need versus fat need or whatever. Um, but then as you implement good training, being fit, being mm -hmm. healthy, that that increases this flexibility that allows people to play with that balance a little more. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, there's a lot of like, let's, let's be clear that the number one thing that everybody should do first, cause, and I'm going to, let me say there's a word that gets out there with uh, cellular autophagy or autophagy. That's what's really hot with when people are talking about fasting. Right. The um, idea that your body goes through this process when you're fasting, that it gets like rid cellular of dead, turnover, gets cellular rid of dead cells, yes. replaces new cells. Yes. That and so then when you start to look at like, um, you know, things that like a, a ketogenic or a low carb diet and, and really improving insulin sensitivity and your ability, you know, um, your ability to use carbohydrates, um, all these things are improved first and foremost when somebody's eating around maintenance or slightly below. So if we're back in that caloric deficit, then like these things are happening. So weight loss can happen whether it's a very high carbohydrate diet or it's a very high fat diet as long as we're in a caloric deficit. Now, there's a whole world of like hormonal Let's, let's just call these like little cheat codes, like these variables of being able to play like um, where some people, you know, are do better on carbohydrates and they're able to kind of, uh, they're able to process and utilize carbohydrates at a much faster and better, more efficient rate than somebody who is not, obviously. But if they start to strip out all these carbohydrates and go towards a uh, higher fat diet, right? Then we can improve insulin sensitivity. Our body has to start to learn how to convert fat for fuel. So how long does it take somebody to get ketogenic? Everybody's that might've has, has tried a ketogenic diet gets that first, you know, phase that they have to go through and then they have to shift over and they've called that the keto flu time. And there's, there can be discomfort. How fast can you train your body over time to be able to shift back and forth between these worlds? Um, you control these worlds, obviously, by what you're putting in your body. But how does your body utilize them? And so as I was talking earlier, like usually high, f high fat, high carbs don't go well together. And um, that's a, a whole world of if you're interested, I would Google that. And that's really what like fast food has become you know, the sodium and the salt and the high fat and the carbohydrate consumption together is a, a very addicting thing. So those things are usually trained, like they're usually in their little balance world. You know, when one's higher, usually the other one's lower. But as we start to become more flexible and as we change our, our body's ability to digest and utilize foods, then you start to see the ability to combine those a little bit more okay now where i think that's kind of weird and this is all anecdotal but this is something i've watched for for a long time and i've, I've been deep in study and, and theory of this is when you just start to see that healthy person that we painted out in the podcast earlier you see somebody that eats real foods 
but they're proteins, fats, vegetables, like it's all of it. You don't find somebody who's very restrictive of their, of good, healthy foods. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So I always think that's kind of like interesting when looking at this stuff. It's like, well, the healthier people then have the ability to kind of, you know, they're less insulin like uh, resistant um, and that they have things put together metabolically. They're just able to handle all the foods, but the foods are real mm-hmm. foods. Yeah. So there's context in that, obviously, but um, you just see those health, like you see those things that happen naturally when they're, when it's a healthier person. Yeah. I want to circle back to this idea of balance because something I sort of just thought about as we're going through this is balance and flexibility. And I think a lot of people may think, and I probably have this too, of like, I'm just going to go with the flow. You know, I'm just kind of going to kind of feel it out. And this is with everything in life. This isn't just eating, yeah. right? We're sort of talking about this in the context of, of nutrition right now, but uh, of just sort of going with the flow. But to really be able to experience that balance optimally requires some planning. It requires some intention. It requires paying attention to what you're doing. And I think that's probably true for everything, not just your nutrition. It's not like, oh, well, I'm just kind of going to kind of go by feel and just stay balanced. And, you know, I'll eat a little of this, a little of that, whatever, how it goes. But I, again, I think it's like that in everything, whether it's your work life, your whatever training in the gym yeah. or jujitsu, that if you're going to have balance, you actually have to take some time and intention to actually do some planning. Because like you're talking about, you know, if, if you're, if you're doing the right things, you're healthy, you're fit, but you're also still having to do at least a minimal amount of, of tracking to be like, you know, let's make sure that I'm still paying attention to this balance so that it doesn't get out of control. And so I want to kind of get your take on that a little bit about, you know, your thoughts on in order to have that balance, you have to really be intentional about it. You have to be intentional because that's, that's where this kind of all is in my head anyways. Like what I'm thinking about right now with this and what I was wanting to talk to you about is like, look at, a uh, strength conditioning program like a, like a five three one or most common strength con- and conditioning programs uh, in a small little cycle you're going to have let's say four weeks and you're going to have those three weeks that kind of start to step up one two three and then we come back on our deload when we look at the um, optimal sets and reps we find that same sort of balance there's like week one week two week three, but then as we've built up or whatever, we've got to take a step back before we can start climbing that ladder again. So although that balance is there in the sets and reps, it's there in the bigger picture of the strength conditioning, um, in our nutrition, if we're trying to gain weight um, and we're at our maintenance calories per se, we've got to take a week where we go up a tiny bit, maybe we go up a tiny bit more the next week and a tiny bit more, but then we take that step back because now our back has changed. Like now we're there a little bit, then we take those steps up. So the intention of this weird thing of overreaching, this weird thing of like change comes when there's discomfort. And, but we have to, be intentional and balance our discomfort. That's, that's kind of the weird thing. So if you watch it in, like I was saying, in, in a um, strength conditioning over the course of four weeks, you've got week one that's, that's your base week, then you're, you're in, 
getting a little bit heavier and you're getting a little bit heavier in your discomfort, but you can't keep that up. That's not sustainable. So you have to take the step back. Same thing with the calories, as I just said. You got to gain weight, so we've got to be pushing your calories up, but we can't do that without taking some steps back here and there or it's not sustainable. There's the awareness that comes in all of this. It's like we can charge for our goal, but we've got to be aware and conscious of when to go overboard, when to be high, when to be medium, when to be low. And then everything else kind of has that same balancing aspect at the same time. So to your point of being intentionally aware, I I think that there's no what what's your what's your what's your why? What's your place? Like if you're intentionally if your if your goal is to just be healthy and be happy, then maybe just not having a plan and winging it all the time, which is a daily game of balance is going to be your thing. But if you have bigger goals and you have like your whys for a, a different thing or an event or a deadline, you're going to have to create, you know, some sort of time schedule. You're going to have to look at that out and map it out. And then that look in within all those times and know that this is the time I'm going to be the high stress, the high training. This is going to be the most, this is the time I've got to bring it back and recuperate. Then how should my nutrition be during those times? How should my nutrition be when I'm recuperating? Um, during the, the high stress time, am I going to have as much free time to go out and hang out with my friends? So my social balance has got to come down. That's the part in which all of this flows together in the uniqueness. If we start to kind of assess the balance in every little pocket of our life, then we start to build that total balance of our healthy life and what we want but you have to be aware you have to be intent you have to be taking notes whether you're doing something with those notes or not i think the act of just like writing them down and being conscious is is huge yeah what's the saying if uh those who fail to plan plan to fail uh, yeah certainly i think and again are there periods in your life and times when just freewheeling it is totally fine like of course but having those those goals and intentions and plans yeah. um, are important. It makes me think back when I was uh, really before I started doing green strength and I was doing a lot of cycling and doing long distance bike, you know, hundred mile bike rides, those kinds of things. Yeah. And you talked about sort of oh, just doing it by feel versus not. And I remember having an event like, okay, I'm going to do this hundred mile bike ride. And I would have a multi-month training plan leading up to that, right? Mm -hmm. We're doing long rides on weekends and rides during the week. And all this is planned out. But then also saying, well, I'm going to do this long, long event. And then I'm just going to train by feel. And once you get to the actual event, things feel very different. You know, one, you feel, you feel strong. You finish the day and you're like, man, I could do another one. I feel great. But yeah. that, when you just train by feel, you just, you don't have a plan. That day of is like, this is not as much fun there's the in there's the thing there's different type of people highly and i were speaking about this the other day where i was joking around it's like she if things can get like tough and something she's down to just all right i don't want to do that like where i thrive when it gets like my back's against the wall so you've got those people who are gonna in a hundred mile bike ride right there's if they're gonna train by feel there's some that are going to run their ass through the ground. They're going to be overtrained. And then there's going to be the other half that's going to just take too many days off, too much rest, too much pace, 
you know, just not quite hit the hills the way that they should. Yeah, that's me. And again, the balance has got to be back. We've got to always find out who we are and, you know, find what's best for us. Yeah. You got to have the long, slow days, but you got to have the the yeah. hard hill days and yeah. intentionally drive into the wind. But, you know, like you said, it's got to be balanced. Yeah. And if you're doing something that has risk, like, uh, like actual injury um, potential, then you've got to be aware of those times in which like a competitive athlete, like, yeah, I always talk about trying to keep Rafael Lovato Jr. in shape and healthy. But then there's also like that time, like, you know, when the big title fight was there, it's like, it doesn't matter. Like there's times where you've got to push through anything and you've got to develop a capability that, that we're searching for that only comes from discomfort, but the balance of life and everything had to change for those moments for sure. Yeah. I find, um, for me having the accountability of people around me really helps because if I'm left to my own devices, I will err on that side of taking too many days off. Yeah not pushing myself as hard as I should. And so having people around you, this is why, again, training at Lovato's is so great because we're surrounded by such greatness of people who set that example that that pushes me harder or coming into right. strength where I know that these, that, that community is going to be there every week waiting for me. And if I'm not yeah. there for two weeks, they're going to ask where I was. That helps me to push. I need that accountability. Some people do really well on their own training. Uh, for different things. I am not one of those people. Um, I need that community around me that helps keep me accountable. Cause it's like, well, I know Luke's going to be there. And if I'm not there, well then Luke's there and he's going to wonder where I'm at and he's going to keep That's getting better. And I'm not the good way of using things, right? Like yeah. Using those things to kind of fuel you or keep you on check or yeah. And stuff. Um, have you ever read the book essentialism? No, this is another book that I really like it. I think it translates well, but it, I think what's sort of written, it's not minimalism, but it's about instead looking at what's essential. And it, it talks about like creating balance and those kinds of things, just sort of that concept, mm -hmm. because we have a tendency to just add, add, add. Yeah. That if we, and if we have, I think this, this fits well in this conversation because sometimes if we're looking for balance, we try to fix it. If we're, if we don't have balance by adding something new. A hundred. Yes. And there's another book that I started. I need to finish anyway, called subtract. And it's that same concept where, um, at the beginning of this book, subtract, they talk about, uh, he, he got this concept from his child where they had, they were going to build a bridge out of Legos and the two towers that would connect the bridge weren't the same size. And his inclination was to add to the bridge and his like, three-year-old son's inclination was to take it away. And so he actually did studies based on this and it was overwhelming that people tried to fix these problems, all these various studies they did by adding to it, as opposed to maybe there's a solution by we actually addition by subtraction, right? People probably heard that before where sometimes uh, we need to take away. And that's our, that, that's our problem in society right now is everything is there for us to just add. You know, you I mean, every fitness question, I, the majority of fitness questions you'll get are the things that they're just not relevant at the time. doesn't mean they're not good. They don't work. It's a good piece of equipment. It's a good program. doesn't mean any of that. They're just not relative for the time. It's, it's always we probably need to subtract. But I think we're caught in this constant culture of just add, 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 look to the next thing. And then we never we never go back and assess what like our toolbox or whatever the hell this 
this thing that we've acquired all these things. And then we wonder why we're burning out here. And then when we're not burning out here, we're burnt. This sucks. Like we're just in this constant fight or flight. And that's the big thing of why, God dang, breathing is so important to like breathe and assess like what is going on and, and subtract those things and get things back in order from where you, from where, what, and who you are on that time, you know? And, and, and with exercise, I've had this, like the biggest thought I always get is like, where the hell am I going with this? Like, am I going to keep this? Am I going to, like when I was training every single day, you know, it's like, this is, I would have years of thinking like, this isn't going to go on forever, but then it just kept going on. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like, when did, that's where I started finding injury. That's where I started finding the pushback of the body. It's when I didn't listen. I didn't start to subtract. I didn't start to step back and, and reorganize. And that is the majority of everybody who's running into problems, running into roadblocks, running into things. It's take one giant step back for a second, go back to the basic essentials of things, clean those things up, and then look forward again. Because chances are it's a rocket ship that shoots you, you know, three times forward. Yeah. Yeah. I experienced that in everything and especially in work, like it's hard for me to say no to new projects, to new things where it's like, well, somebody's coming to you, they need you for something. And this goes straight to that book, essentialism of people are always going to be coming to you asking for you to do things. And if you're always saying yes, well, you're going to get spread too thin and then your work product's going to go down or people are going to know that you're the person they can always dump stuff on, you know? And it, the problem is though you get so caught up in doing everything, trying to do everything and add more and add more that you can't focus on anything and do great on anything, you know, and you're just mm -hmm. constantly spread thin and you're constantly running from one thing to the next. I mean, I, I love that book essentialism. I am absolute utter crap at implementing it. You know, I just, I'm not. Cause that's how there. we learn now, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, like we're cluttered where we want everything we want to like, if we get into a new hobby, we have the ability to check what the greatest person on planet earth is doing in that hobby. And we want to find, like we don't even want to see the world between of between me and that person. There's a whole crazy evolution of things that we don't want to see. We just want how do I get there? Yeah. And how do I and maybe it will take a long time, but there's surely a way that I can get there faster than they did. Right. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean it's it's tough. And then like on top of that, you're just thinking about that balance of family and everything else, right? Like it's, yeah, you got to make time for everything. And, and, and for me too, the hard part, I was thinking about this the other day of, you know, various projects and the works and everything. And it's like, how do I create time to just sit and think, right? People who are really excelling, these like top level CEOs and things like that. I mean, they have built in time to think and process and plan as opposed to just doing, doing, doing like you have to, you know, and like, that's really hard. And here I'm talking about adding something in, but it's trying to add it in by what can I take away to create that space? Because you need the space okay, to good. let your mind yeah. and your thoughts breathe. Cause I was almost, I was almost going to like validate adding, 
adding the ability to take time for oneself, like to be, to meditate, but you're exactly right. You need to take away to add that in. That's got to take some of energy from somewhere else. Yeah. And, and, and I've, I've found some of it. Uh-huh. I mean, I've been successfully doing this for the last three or four weeks now, as I've gotten into atomic habits, my, my goal was to start with my morning routine, which bef- my morning routine was particularly during the week, like during work days was to get up, wake up in the morning, reach up my phone. And then like an hour later, I'm still looking at my phone for some reason. And so I've kind of changed that to where I'm getting up. I'm going to go do some kind of movement, stretch, move around just a little bit, 10, 15 minutes. And then I'm going to right now it's, I'm sitting on my back porch, typically reading a book for at least 10 to 15 minutes. And so that's 30 minutes that I already had, but it was wasted doing something on my phone. But now I'm trying to turn that into something more productive. And so like the space is there when we start to think about where are we wasting time? That's the first thing to subtract is the time wasters. And then the second thing is like, are you spreading yourself too thin with other things? And if you've got another direction you want to go in, you got to find what you're going to take away to do it because just adding it in is going to make everything subpar. It's hard though. It's so hard. All of us on Instagram yeah, could not make the, like if it's like, if we get on Instagram every day and we're not giving ourselves that time, like there's, there's a good one right there. Yeah. Like, Take that. And that's what I was doing. Scrolling away and Reddit. start to scroll through the brain. Yeah. There. Scroll through what you're. Yeah. And all that goes back to what you're talking about of creating balance, right? Because if you're trying to create balance in your nutrition program, well, maybe that hour in the morning could be better spent on meal planning, you know, making a better breakfast or, you know, whatever it is. Have you, uh, you know, like in the, the physique and fitness world, there is um, st- like there's a, a tactic that a lot of coaches use for um, the ones that compete. And that, that would be like a step count in a day. So a lot of them now, granted, some of them are, are doing high intensity training cardio on the side and some of them still have them doing like elliptical or whatever, like sessions of actual cardio, too. But a lot of them use 100 percent like their cardio besides their hit training. Um would just be from daily steps. So again, a lot of times it might be 15,000 steps this week and then we're going to go up to 17, then we're going to go to 20 and then we're going to bring it back and they're they're just undulating and playing with this um, step count. But I, I was looking at some, a girl recently who did really well and she was kind of talking about her last couple of weeks and like her dieting and her step counts were in there. And I was just looking at how ah, the step count, that old tactic and that old tactic that just falls right into the most obvious thing in fitness, which is just like stop thinking and get up and start doing. And does not, I'm not even talking about working out. I'm talking about what a coach did to help tighten them up at the end and make sure that they're getting their cardio and stuff in is increasing their damn steps. And I talked to several people about this recently, just steps and how easy it is to get eight to 10,000 steps a day. It is not that hard. Even if you're locked in an office from nine to five, literally here's, and here's what separates the difference. And not everybody has to be like this. That's your personal choice. But to the people that I talked to this about, I, le- I honestly said, 
even if I was stuck in an office from nine to five, I would get up every damn hour two or three times and march and do stuff. Like I would, I'd be at 5,000 calories at lunch. <laughs> and the other people also the same thing. Now those are all movers and they're all healthy movers. And there's that picture again. It's like, well, that person would not negotiate. No, they are going to move their body and they're going to figure out how to get it done. You know, so uh, back to the non-exercise activity, I just cannot get, I can't come to grips of like how important and how meaningful and impactful it is that I'm actually saying that now, you know, cause I used to be in the notion of like, now we, that's talking about people who aren't training hard like us. Like we train hard then we rest. We don't walk like, or we don't run. If we can walk, we can, you know, we're going to do that instead of run, um, anything, but like people just need to get up, start cleaning their house, start doing things, take a couple 10 minute walks here and there and get those steps up. And I promise if that is something that you started and started tracking again, we can make arguments on tracking and, and not, but I'm saying just if that, if you're not doing it now, get your little ballpark, see where you're at and start striving to just move more every day. And I, that you don't need to change your diet. Things will happen. Like they really will. And that's like, no matter what your goals are, just walking. More. It's your balance. It's your energy balance. <laughs> if you want to lose it's weight back to the balance, you've got to get in there. If you're overweight, your energy balance is shit and you've got to start to change the balance by moving more to shake that thing up. I mean, it, it really is that simple. I love it. Yeah. That's your coach's challenge for the week. Get up and move. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. And everybody likes to, to move, you know, and, and I know the office one resonates because I know a lot of people are stuck in situations that they're going to come up with a lot of excuses. Um, and I get it. Even if you couldn't get up out of a chair for that entire time, it's your intention of like moving your ankles, moving your knees, sitting up tall, practicing, like breathing better. Like, again, it goes back to the intention of making time to try to make your body feel better or be in a more optimal state. So whether it's getting up and moving around or whether it's sitting up taller and moving your damn ankles around. Like it's back to the intention on you and your intention and awareness towards the balance of your routines and the balance of everything in your life all coincides together. And, and um, I think it's kind of a, an interesting thing to examine, um, just start a personal examination. I mean, it's kind of, you know, that's where you got to start. No matter what, it's looking yeah. within. That's right. So create that balance intentionally with effort. And, uh, you know, again, I'm going to say what I said last week. For me, that involves bringing in other people. Um, it's hard to do on your own. So find people and communities that will help you fulfill that identity that you want to have. Mm -hmm. um, you know, read the good books, hang out with the people that, 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 that help you live that out and get the help from the professionals that you do like people like coach Luke. And one last thing on those books, all these books, although they have their own different way of teaching you something, they are just kind of all going back to the same principles. And that's what 
we need to to look and we need to identify with the one that that really resonates with us and just as jeff was saying like you need to identify with a coach or a person that you can can talk to and uh share your why and figure out how to get there absolutely so coach luke if you're that person for somebody hit them with the details how they can get a hold of you and find you you can find me on uh, Instagram at GreenStrengthIV, and you can go to the website at GreenStrengthHQ.com. Definitely check it out. We appreciate you guys joining us for another episode here on the Green Strength Podcast. Uh, we hope you found some valuable tidbits in this one. It certainly just fires me up to talk about this kind of stuff. I get thinking about it and the things that I'm trying to learn and try to do better at, and man, it just feels good to come in and talk about it. So. Share your thoughts with us as well. So get a hold of Coach Luke at Green Strength IV on Instagram. Send him your questions. Send him your thoughts and responses to everything we've talked about today because we certainly want to hear from you. And head on over there to the website, greenstrengthhq.com. Check it out. Hit him up there as well. So keep coming back here every single week where we're going to keep bringing you more hits right here on the Green Strength Podcast. So thank you so much for being a part of the community. And we'll see you next week on the Green Strength Podcast. Podcast.